I hope you recognize that theme song. If you do, you know what time it is. It's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. We're so glad that you have joined us today, and we pray this broadcast will be a blessing to you. It will help you and 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 myself i i want to include myself when i say you i'm talking about you and me i'm not talking about just you in some kind of condescending way i've been serving the lord a long time but i'm still striving to be submitted and subservient and obedient to Him in all of my ways and all of my days. Hallelujah. I'm still learning obedience. Praise God. So, I want to join you in this Bible study, the blessing of obeying God, the blessing of obedience. Obedience to God has consequences, and they are positive and they are powerful. Disobedience to God has consequences And they are powerful and they are very, very destructive. So we want to receive instruction from him today and walk as dear children before him. Praise God. Amen. So that we can obtain the blessing of obeying God. Our text scripture has been taken in our, in our first couple of broadcasts, uh, from 1 Samuel 15 and verse 22, uh, where the statement is made, uh, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. That is a very powerful statement uh, because the sacrificial system was in full, uh, uh, full expression and they were doing the things, and so was King Saul until he directly disobeyed God, if you want to read that. When he did, even though he tried to use his disobedience uh, to mask it with the offering of of the, the spoils of war and the king he was told to annihilate uh, on God's altars and parade his own victory instead of what God told him to do, uh, he found out that God was looking for obedience and not just sacrifices. You see, the sacrifice of praise without obedience has no value to God. <laughs> you know, Jesus said in the New Testament, Why callest thou me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Uh, disobedience marks the lost and, uh, and the unregenerate who disregard and resist God's authority. It's really important because the Bible said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, they'll call him Lord. And he's already stated, why callest thou me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. And this is, this is disconcerting to me when I read the word many. There are many. This is not the atheist. He doesn't acknowledge God, and he doesn't acknowledge the Lordship of Christ. This is talking about people who are uh, in a religious system of some sort, and it could be your denomination, it could be my organization, it could be any number of religious systems. And when they stand before Christ, they will say, Lord, 
Lord, and he will say, Why callest thou me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Make it very clear here. This is not salvation by works. This is works that prove salvation has occurred. That doesn't mean we'll be sinlessly perfect, but I believe that the regenerate heart, the born-again man or woman, boy or girl, has a bent toward righteousness. We have a desire to please God. We have a desire to obey God. We may have a problem until we figure out how to appropriate the grace and the mercy and the strength through faith that we need to obey. And we may have real problems with our flesh, but we should never have a problem with His authority over our life. Amen. He should be our Lord and our Savior. Just like obedience marks a true believer, disobedience marks the lost and the unregenerate. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, listen to it carefully. It said, And you hath he quickened, which means given life, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in past time you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who was rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together, given that life to us, that resurrection life, Together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. Now, I like a, a, a statement that K. Arthur has made about radical Christianity and a radical commitment to Christ. Something you don't hear as much today as we need to hear it. And she said, if you do not plan to live the Christian life totally, committed to knowing your God and walking in obedience to Him, then don't begin. For this is what Christianity is all about. It's a change of citizenship, a change of governments, a change of allegiance. If you have no intention of letting Christ rule your life, <laughs> then forget Christianity. It's not for you. A friend of mine, this is an important, important decision that we all have to make. And that is who we are going to yield our members subject to obey, who we're going to submit to. Romans chapter 6 and verse 16 is very clear. Whoever you submit yourself, servants to obey, your members, servants to obey, his servant you are, whom you obey. Uh, there are too many people, I believe, in churches all across the world that have not really submitted themselves to Christ as their Lord. Oh yes, give me the free ticket to heaven. Oh yes, give me that free pass so I can live my life according to the course of this world and obey the Spirit that is working in every 
child of disobedience, every one that rejects and rebels against God's right to rule our life. Uh, oh, friend, you, you know the pattern prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but in actuality, it's the pattern for all prayer and a pattern for our prayer as His servants, as His followers. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Here is the bowing before any faith other than acknowledging that we know God and he knows us and we have a, 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 a paternal relationship with him, a parental relationship with him to call him Abba Father, which art in heaven and the reverence hallowed be thy name. We bow before him. Listen to in this bowed position, in this posture of submission to him and his will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Then we can make our petition for our needs, but not until we bow before him and we acknowledge uh, his will is what we want more than our way. Too many people want their way instead of the will of God. I love when Jesus prayed this prayer as an example for us in the garden. If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, I want you to know when we bow before him, we're going to discover his will and he is going to cause his will to be done in our life. And we're going to find a joy in that instead of a job. I love that Charles Finney said about revival. Sometimes people don't equate obedience with revival, just repentance. But repentance involves obedience. He said, and he's a great revivalist of old, Charles G. Finney. A revival, he said, is nothing else than a new beginning of obedience to God. He went on to say concerning revival, Revival is a renewed conviction of sin and repentance followed by an intense desire to live in obedience to God. It is giving up one's will to God in deep humility. Hallelujah. Friend, I, I believe that, that this saying is so true today. For true freedom is not found in resisting God's authority and walking in our own ways. True freedom uh, from sin's consequence and Satan's influence and bondage is found in a total commitment to follow Jesus Christ. You know, the scriptures teach in First John, if, or Jesus taught rather, if a man loved me, if a man loved me, he will keep my commandments. First John says, this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. So the repentance that brings liberation is not just being sorry that we've sinned and asking for forgiveness. It's doing an about-face, a 180-degree turn, empowered by God's might and love to change directions. This is where real freedom comes from. Rightly free, only in obedience to God. Everybody longs for freedom. In fact, John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 30 and 31 says, If 
you continue in my word, you will know the truth. This is not just intellectual knowledge, but this is experiential, not not experimental, but experiential. This is when we begin to apply the word of God. We begin to obey the word of God and thereby obeying the God of the word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We will know the truth and the truth will make us and keep us and set us free. Praise God. But for many people, this pursuit of freedom leads to bondage. The greatly loved Bible teacher Henrietta Mears knew the secret of true freedom, and she wanted her students to know it too. With young people in mind, she said, and I quote, a bird is free in the air. Place a bird in the water, and he has lost his liberty. A fish is free in the water, but leave him on the sand and he perishes. He's out of his realm. So, young people, the Christian is free when he does the will of God and is obedient to God's command. This is as natural a realm for God's child as water for the fish or air for the bird. I like that. Oh, friend, if you have a heart to obey today, God will give you strength to obey, and He will bless your obedience. I want to read Deuteronomy 28 from, from one, one, uh, uh, f- one, uh, one part of Deuteronomy 28, not the whole chapter. There is blessing and cursing here. Blessings for obedience cursing for disobedience. But listen to the blessing. This is the title of our teaching. I want to give you an incentive to obey that is positive. I want you to see what's in it for you. Some people think if I start obeying God, I'm going to have to lose this and lose that and give up this and give up that. Listen, what God's going to give you for obeying Him is not worthy to be compared with anything you give up in order to obey Him. Praise God. Listen, I'm going to read this from one of the, uh, one of the, one of the different, uh, 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 clear, uh, paraphrases. Listen to it. Deuteronomy 28, uh, the blessings of obedience. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all His commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Where Verse 6 we're on now. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Verse 7. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they'll scatter from you in seven. <laughs> that means complete. God's number of complete completion. <laughs> Amen. That that simply means that the enemy will come against you. He will never stop coming against you, but he will be completely, completely vanquished and defeated. God will rise up in your behalf. Didn't it say that in the Old Testament? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. 
You know, when Israel was obedient to God, no one could touch them, no one could harm them, no one could hurt them. God is a covenant keeping of God, and that was part of the blessing of obedience. You see, even when we give an obedience to God in the book of Malachi concerning the tithe in the old covenant sense, <laughs> the scripture said, not only will he bless us, uh, you know, he said that he will rebuke the devourer for our sakes. And here it is right here. It's the obedience It's not just the money. It's not some transaction that is just material. It's just obedience to God that is bringing the blessing. Praise God. Amen. The Lord will guarantee, verse 7 says, a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord will, Lord God will bless you in the land He's giving you. Verse 9, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God, walk in His ways, the Lord will establish you as His holy people as He swore He would do. Then all the nations of the world, verse 10, will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they, they will stand in awe of you. Verse 11, the Lord will give you prosperity in the land He swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from His rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you this day, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I'm giving you today, nor follow after other gods to worship them." Friend of mine, according to these statements, we will be blessed and our God will be glorified. We will overcome our enemy and become a witness to the world. Praise God. You see, God blesses obedience, not just as some kind of robotic act that we force ourselves to do, but God blesses obedience from the heart obedience from the heart. Remember, we talked about this. Isaiah 1 and verse 19, if you be willing, and if you be willing, I want to emphasize, underscore, put this in parenthesis, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Amen. Obedience is seeking God with your whole heart. Performance is having a quiet time because you feel guilty if you don't. (laughs) Amen. Obedience is finding ways to let the Word of God dwell in you richly. Performance is quickly scanning a passage so you can check it off your Bible reading plan. Obedience is following the promptings of God's Holy Spirit. Performance is following a list of man-made requirements. Obedience springs from a healthy fear of God. Performance springs from a fear of failure. So what God is looking for today is obedience from the heart. And that's exactly what God is blessing today. 
And to acquire that kind of obedience to God requires a devotion to Him. And, and it begins with the simply loving Him back for Him loving us so very, very much. Loving God back for loving you. Loving God back for loving me. The Bible said we love Him because He first loved us. And the way we express that love is through obedience. Not through just getting emotional when we think about the cross, but a deep devotion because He took our sins upon Himself on that cross. It should have been me on that cross. It should have been you on that cross. But He took our place. He took our punishment. And the way we show Him appreciation is by bowing before Him in obedience to Him. I did not say we would be sinlessly perfect. I did not say we can serve Him in perfect obedience, for that would be sinlessly perfect. But I did say that we can be perfectly committed to obeying Him. And we will struggle along the way. Paul put it this way before he found out how to how to uh, acquire uh, and appropriate God's grace in his life and God's strength in his life. In Romans chapter 7, he said the will to obey. You see, the will was in him. <laughs> he said, I've got that. I want to do it, but but every time I try to obey, I find myself faltering and failing. He said, the will to do it is in me. How to do it, I don't figure that out. I don't find that out. And in that struggle, in that struggle with his own weaknesses and inabilities, he said, oh, wretched man. And that word wretched in Romans 7 in the Greek means one who is wore out. One who has fought until he is arm weary, until his legs are about to go, until he feels he has no more strength, he has battle fatigue. And this battle between flesh and spirit is being really brought forward here where we can see it. <laughs> he said, I find a law in my members. The, the spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. But in his spirit was this deep, devotion, and will to obey. I want to say something about that right here and right now. If that's in your reborn spirit, God will help you. If He sees the willingness of your spirit, He will help you with the weakness of your flesh. But if there's no willingness in your spirit, then you need to examine uh, the depth of your devotion to Jesus Christ. And if there's something lacking there, we need to go back and do our first works. We need to return to our first love for Him. Because the first love for Him will bring those works of obedience. Those works don't save us, but those works are evidence of our salvation. Praise God. We're not saved by works, but when we're saved, works, those, those, this attitude of obedience, these acts of obedience mark us as His, just like oh, disobedience marks the whole world outside of the kingdom of God. The whole world, the Bible said, lies in wickedness, literally in the power 
under the influence of the evil one. And Satan was a rebel. He rose up in heaven. He rebelled against God. And his rebellion caused him to be excommunicated, kicked out of heaven, cast down to the earth. Friend of mine, today we want to make sure that we're not allowing the enemy of our soul, the enemy of God, the enemy of all humanity, this devil who rebels to get us to begin to move into that realm in our life. Oh, friend of mine, this is a time to run to God not run from Him. This is a time to renew our commitment. Amen. In our obedience, God is after more than mere compliance with His commands. He wants to capture our hearts, to make us wholly His. We cannot prove God with faith alone. It must be accompanied by true obedience. True obedience is born out of genuine love. And we love and honor our Master. We love and honor Him because He first loved us. Praise God. Amen. Listen to this, this story that is so true. An elephant in battle on the plains of India was a standard bearer carrying on his huge back the royal ensign, the rallying point of the Pune host. At the beginning of the fight, his master gave him the word to halt and received a fatal, fatal wound and fell, where he lay under a heap of slain. The obedient elephant stood still while the battle closed around the standard he carried. He never stirred, refusing either to advance or retire as the conflict became fiercer until, seeing the standard flying steadily, they refused to leave that they were being beaten and rallied again and again. All this while the patient animal stood, straining its ears to catch the sound of the voice it would never hear again. At length the tide of battle turned, and, and, and they conquered their enemy and left the field deserted. They pursued the flying foe, but the elephant, like a rock, stood with the dead and dying and the ensign waving in its place. Three days and nights it remained where its master had commanded it to halt. No food, no water, no bribe or threat could move it. They sent then a hundred miles away and brought the master's son. The noble hero seemed to remember how his master sometime gave his authority to the little child. And with shattered trappings clanging, went quietly, slowly away, following the voice of his master's son, all friend of mine. Real obedience, real devotion brings real obedience, and real obedience brings real blessings into our lives. And today God is calling us to hear the voice of our Master, and to bow. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Before asking for anything, we bow before him. And we say, not my will, but thy will be done. And we find peace and we find power. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 7, down at the end of that conflict within, that worn out fatigue, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of sin? I thank God through Jesus Christ. Friend, today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Don't keep rebelling. Don't run from the one that's reaching out to you with nail-scarred hands. Run to him. Repent of your sin. Let him embrace you. God will give you the grace. God will give you the strength to begin to follow him. And you can join the rest of us pilgrims running this race with patience until our master comes. And come back next week, would you? And let's talk about Jesus.